Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly, episode 76, along with Chuck Davison, I'm Lyle Stokes, and we have the honor tonight of being joined by Jason and Vicki Mathena, uh, a couple of the top tournament cat fishermen in the United States. I'm fortunate enough to be pretty good friends with Jason and Vicki and uh, been in the boat with them, and uh, we're going to have a good show tonight visiting with them about different things. Um, we have some other things to talk about. The first thing I want to mention before I forget about it is um, Indiana DNR catfish regulations hearing is scheduled for March 24th at 5.30 p.m. Um, we'll be in the Spring Mill Inn at Spring Mill State Park in Mitchell, Indiana. It's imperative that any of the catfishing people that have anything to say or visit about with commercial fishing, the pay late guys, they'll be there in full force. So anybody that's interested and gets a chance to make that meeting, make sure that you attend. Any, I don't assume that you have to be uh, from Indiana. I think anybody can show up to this meeting, but if there's any questions, contact Matt Burlingame or Claude Reynolds, and they will give you all the specifics. Like I say, this is something that's very important. We've got to get some handles on these regulations. So if you guys have a chance and you can make that meeting, uh, be sure and try to be there. Uh, Chuck, how's it going tonight? Pretty good. You want to uh, start off and visit with Jason and Vicky a little bit? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. How you doing, Jason and Vicky? Doing good. How about you, Chuck? Good, good. Um. Won't you tell us a little bit about uh, your your uh, history in catfishing? Uh, how long y'all been fishing together? Um, you know how long y'all been doing tournaments, and um, you know how often do y'all like doing tournaments? And um, you know, give us some brief history real quick. Well, mom's had me fishing ever since I could walk. Uh, <laughs> we haven't been targeting catfish the whole time, but uh, as a Bluegill. Bluegill, you name it, ever yeah. since I was a baby, baby. Uh, little. Little. <laughs> <laughs> that was little. a long time ago. Long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it helps you out. Now you can catch bait. Right, yeah. <laughs> now, and uh, uh, we've been fishing tournaments for nine years, nine years now. Nine, about nine years. Um. Actually, I never had any intentions whatsoever to ever start fishing tournaments, but a buddy of mine talked me into uh, fishing a Riverbend tournament, and uh, I fished it with him, and he had showed up with, uh, his name was Rex Sitzmore. He was a really good friend of mine, and uh, he passed away since then, but he, uh, he talked me into my very first tournament, and we had never fished together before. In a, in a tournament, and he showed up to uh, one of Justin's tournaments with some uh, Zepco's 733 Hog Seekers, and I thought he was just playing a joke on me, and, and that's really what he had to fish with, and and uh, we went out there and gave it our all. Um, it was a mess. It, it, our first tournament ever, my first tournament ever was a mess, and uh <laughs> We uh we managed to get through it, and I think we ended up in fifth place. But nobody knew who we were, and uh, we were pretty happy with uh, what we had done, considering we had uh, lost over 60 pounds of fish during that tournament um, of uh, 
stringer situations and uh, other mishaps, but uh, it was shortly after that, um, Mom and I started fishing tournaments together, and we've been doing it. it we've been doing it ever since. It kind of feels uh, weird being in the boat with anybody else because we, we just know each other so well. And Don't have to ask for anything. We know what, what we want. Yeah, but everybody knows what everybody else is doing at all times. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Oh, yeah, that's the way it's got to be to, uh, for everything to click right. Yeah. Uh, but well, do y'all like uh, going to uh, if y'all had a choice between fishing uh, a local tournaments every two weeks or hitting uh, four or six major tournaments a year? What would y'all rather do? The major tournaments. Yeah. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of the people that fish the local trail, they also fish the major events too, and um, you know it. It's really nice to get out and, and uh, get to talk to the other people that live in different parts of the states or, you know, different areas, different areas and, and uh, get to catch up with them. And I, I would say major events. I'm willing to take vacation for major events. It's really hard to do one for a local event. Yeah, unless you take Friday off and then, you know, try to at least look around a little bit and see what's going on. Um you know, if I myself, if I don't, if I get to a, a a brand new body of water that I've never fished on before, and I just show up Saturday morning and fish, um, it, it's really hard for me to even uh, get on them. Or uh, it just seems like after you get a very very late start, it just kind of breaks your morale and everything. But you know, being able to look around a little bit the day before uh, really helps me out a lot. Does that help y'all out a lot too? Getting out there. Uh, a day or two before a tournament and checking out the waters. You know what? It, it's funny that you asked that because we were just talking about it, it seems like no matter how much pre-fishing you do and you throw together what you think is just the most beautiful game plan, the day of something changed, whether it was the water conditions, the uh, barometer, Something happened, and it's causing those fish to do something a little bit different. And your whole game plan just gets thrown out the window, and you got to start over from scratch during the tournament anyway. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, most of the time, whenever if we're going to a place that we've been to a few times, we don't have to spend as many days on the water. Um, but if we're going to somewhere new, we like to at least get a couple days in and and um, check things out a little bit. But, you know the area a little better. But as far as game plans go, I mean, very rarely, very rarely do you ever get to stick to your game plan during a tournament, it seems like. So your your trip to the James River this year, was that has this been your, uh, your longest travel tournament that you've made uh, so far in your tournament career? Yeah. 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 It took us, what, 13 Hours. Uh, almost 14 hours, I think it was, to get over there. So yeah, that was definitely the longest journey we'd made. How how did you enjoy it? Was it an hourly event? It, it was. It was. Yeah, uh, I enjoy fishing the hourly events. It 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 puts a whole new um, I don't know aspect of the whole thing. Trying 
whether trying to decide when do you weigh this fish? Do you keep it till the next hour? What's going on with the other people? You know, it, it just makes a big difference. How far do you really want to get away from that weigh-in? And and uh, I don't know. It's just it's just completely different than than what we're used to. Yeah. Yeah, we fished one last weekend, weekend before last, and uh, you know, we, we for one thing, we was on the wrong end of the lake, uh, you know, for spawn just now, uh, you know, you know, the catfish coming out of spawn, uh, you know, and there was guys weighing in catfish that you know, 0.77 pounds, uh, 1.5 pounds, one and a half pounds, and you know, bringing home first, second, you know, for the hourlies. Um, it was my first hourly event, um, you know, and I'm not, I'm the type of guy, I'm not going to go sit there and, and, you know, catch some one and two pound fish just to win an hourly. I'm, you know, the, the guys are there to see a, a big fish, you know, and you've got, um, so, you know, I'd, I'd rather skunk out than, you know, sit there and catch some small channels. That's just me. So, uh, you know, we hit it hard and, we ventured a pretty good ways from the uh, weigh-in and uh, fished hard all day, and it just bit us. But, um, you know, after the tournament, you kind of regret not going. Uh, we had a couple in the live well that uh, we decided to keep that were foul-hooked that were uh, around a pound. Uh, you know, we was going through areas where the rod tips would just bounce, and all of a sudden you wouldn't even know one was on there, and you'd reel it in, and you'd, he'd be stuck up under the chin. You know, and I just throw them in the live well, and we thought about going and, uh, you know, weighing some of them in, but we decided we got to we got to find a big fish. We came in the big fish of the tournament of 17 pounds, and um, you know, we were trying for bigger than that. But um, you know, I, I want to fish another hourly where, um, you know, where the conditions are right, and it'd probably be a lot more fun. We've done. Uh, you've done that was your first one. That wasn't was my it? first one. Yeah. And I've done two other ones from Bass Pro. I that was my second time being on on uh, the James River fishing a Bass Pro event, and uh, they they are a lot of fun. They're they're different. They is it's a totally different strategic. You know. Uh, well, you got the tides you have to work with too, along with the currents and whatever else is going on. Oh yeah, the James River, but yeah. Yeah, that moon phase plays a big, big role on on that James River, on the uh, incoming tides and outgoing tides, and fishing one direction one part of the day and fishing the opposite direction the other part of the day. It's it's different. The boat spins around, and now you're anchored. Now you're casting out the other side of the boat. Exactly, it's different. Uh, if you get, if you get a chance to get up there, you need to. Yeah, for these guys watching the show that. Uh, might want to get out and fish an hourly event. Um, can, tell them what you found out about, uh, you know, the, the best type of strategy that uh, you've seen work the best, you know, uh, venturing away and coming in every few hours or just trying to stay as close as you can or what, what kind of strategies did you see that really helped you and most folks that um, did well? If In an hourly... I believe the first way in hour you have two hours of fishing. So if you're going to do any traveling at all, you better get out there early and start working your way back towards the uh, the the weigh-in. Now, I I I heard I'm not for sure, but 
there has been incidents where they have a radio station that you can tune into and actually tell what fish are in the lead at that time. Because we caught a lot of fish during that that Bass Pro. We just picked the wrong times to weigh them in. Um, I was lucky enough to get third, third or fourth place on one of the weigh-ins with a 60-pound fish. <laughs> on, uh, <clears throat> I think it weighed 58, 59 pounds or yeah. something like that. And uh, we had two or three others in the live well that would have won money any other time, but then besides the time we decided to weigh them in, and um, I, I really haven't fished enough hourlies to figure that out yet. Right. I don't know what the best strategy is. I guess. Got to work on that a little. Yeah, we need to work on that a little bit. Um, hopefully next year we'll get a chance to fish a few more hourlies and. And uh, I'll have a better answer for you, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, he's going to move the Weiss Lake hourly next year to uh, instead of being, uh, you know, right in the middle of July when when they're coming off spawn. Uh, the city won't seem to come back, um, but I think he's going to do it in September next year on Weiss Lake. Um, you know, in that way that you know the catfish may be back up up river a little bit. I mean, back down river a little bit into the lake and you know, more spread out, um, you know, to where, you know, people won't have to run, you know, 30 or 40 miles to be able to catch a decent-sized fish because the on Weiss Lake, they can run almost to Rome, Georgia, um, you know, to spawn. So most of them that go up that way, it'll take them a while to get back. But uh, I think it'll be a whole lot better being in the, uh, in the fall than in this hot summer right out of spawn. It, uh, they'll be, a, be able to see a lot more bigger fish than the little fish that were brought in last week. We don't fish usually at all during the spawn, spawning season. We pretty much take that as a timeout and regroup. Um. Yeah, the spawns was pretty much over, but um, you know they the the fish just wasn't in the you know up at this end of the lake. Um, I'm sure there was some that spawned around in that area and, uh, you know, took went up into some creeks and some uh, tributaries and stuff. But, but, you know, you couldn't find any. Um, you couldn't mark any. Uh, and if, if you fish structure, they just wasn't there. Um, uh, you know, they just wasn't biting good. There was a couple, you know, 10, 12, 17-pounders caught. Um, I think there was only a, a couple over 10 pounds, if I remember correctly. But. Uh, there's a lot better fish in that lake than that. So if if they, it's all about the time of the year that they put these tournaments on and where, and that they just got to learn that if this town want to host that tournament, um, you know they need to do it. You know while the fish are there, and you know it'll bring a lot more fishermen in. I think there was like 15 boats or something. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of boats. Um, you know, and it was so hot, nobody wanted to fish it. And and then they, uh, you know, when they had the weigh-in, there was so many small fish. I think it gave the local people a misperception about the weigh-in because they're like, well, man, these guys are only catching fish like this. We catch them all the time. We need to, we need to, you know, fish this thing next year. That's uh, good. Yeah, we were standing. <laughs> we yeah, we were standing around them, but. You know, they didn't get to see the, uh, you know, the size fish that are usually brought in on the Coosa River. 
Uh, you know, usually there's some 30s and 40s and, you know, maybe one in the 50s at most every Coosa tournament that I've fished in. And then you, you get to, you know, the, the wrong part of the lake on a hot day and, uh, you know, the weigh-in just sitting anything and it just gives everybody a misperception on, you know, how it's really supposed to be. That's why I was so driven in trying to come in with a, a 30 plus fish just to, uh, you know, to show the crowd because that's what they're there for to see a big fish. And um, it just didn't work out for me, though. June, June and July, that, that's, that's really two tough months. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we, we kind of struggle a little bit in June and July, especially to consistently get on bigger fish. Um, a lot of times if you are lucky enough and uh, you can get on a, a good spawning bed or, or know where a handful of them are spawning that, and if you can uh, attack them with some live bait, uh, I find those males, the blue males, they a piece of bait, cut bait going through their bed, not much of a threat. You get a live bait going through there, and they seem to get a little more aggravated and uh, attack it a little more, a little more uh, okay. aggressively. So um, I don't know if you just throw any live bait at it or not, but. It might be something you want to keep in mind. Yeah, they. Uh, I love using live bait for big blues. They, it, um, it just seems like they. Even if they're not hungry, they, uh, they just kill it to be mean. They want to eat it to be mean. <laughs> uh, you know, because you can sit there with a, a nice, nice chunk of cut bait. Um, you know, on four rods, and then have a couple of big nice bluegill. And they can't pass them bluegill up. I mean, they they just they've got to kill them. Just the intimidation factor, I think it is. So, what's y'all's next big tournament, Jason? That y'all are looking forward to? Unfortunately, we got a lot of them that we want to do, and. A lot of them that are paid for, but realistically, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get off work for them. Um, we're, we're going to do one in Grafton again, uh, that, that Twisted Cat. And that I really, Alex Nagy's got some really good ideas going on there. I don't know if he's really started advertising for that yet, but uh, he, uh, if he can make. If he can make good with some of the things that ideas that he's got going on for that tournament, I can see it being a really good tournament. Uh, we're already paid for that one. We're already paid for the Monsters on the Ohio, which happens in October in Owensboro. Um, and, and the New Madrid tournament. The New Madrid tournament, uh, Southern Missouri, is another one. That's a Bass Pro event. Mm -hmm. So. Are those going to be ones that you're going to have to take vacation days for? It looks like it because I'm working nonstop right now, and if I if I'm going to find time to get off and do these, I'm going to have to take a little bit of vacation. So, so you know, monsters and uh, that is that one of the ones you usually take the uh, the most days off for. Usually, like going down and socializing and fishing for a few days before the tournament when you head to Owensboro. Yeah, Pro, I don't know. We usually take three. two or three days off uh, work to go to that one, but a lot of that's to hang out with my buddy Adam. 
Um, I don't get to see him a whole lot and uh, Adam Winter. And, you know, I, I love his whole family, his mom and dad and his wife, Casey. Wonderful Cassie, people. You know, uh, we go down there and just hang out with them. And um, it, it, the Monsters on the Ohio, I mean, don't get me wrong. We'd love to win it or whatever, but that one there, it's – it's, it's more about getting to hang out with some friends than it is anything else. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you if you see some uh, a, a one big nice uh, tournament a year um, that would attract you know many fishers that you would like to go compete in. Uh, what what general area would you like to see that tournament? Uh, what type of year and uh, what type of payout and entry fee would you like to see uh, happen at that tournament? I like New Madrid. I love fishing New Madrid. Yeah, we we're really big fans of that New Madrid area. It's really challenging. It, it would definitely be on the Mississippi River for sure, and. Um, I, I, the this payout we have never we have never based a tournament on the payout on the payout never because when I mean I don't know we don't we don't go there to expect to win anything anyway we right. just we just go to have a good time just go and have a good time if you Guess catch it. fish and win money that's just an added bonus so um, it would definitely be on the Mississippi River as far as the payout that's not that important to us. Um, um, we paid as much as 200 for a tournament. Now, I will tell you this. If we do like to fish against... If you can get the Massengills and Dodd and you can you know, get all the best yeah, the foxes. foxes there, we want to fish against the best all the time. You know, I mean, it's... Uh, the, it's the challenge of the competition uh, of it all. Right. Just, we like so, that. So if if that if that was a big old tournament put on uh, on the Mississippi River around Memphis, and uh, and let's say they put a cut off and said, okay, we're only going to have uh, 50 boats of the best catfish in the United States. Uh, it's going to be $500 a team. Um, and we're going to have it in October. Would that be a tournament that you would hurry and try to get your money, $500 too, to be in that top 50, to be in them 50 boats? We've never fished Memphis, so I don't know what it's like to fish down here. I mean, the money. Right. I, I don't know. I, it's Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Never fished down in that area, so I'm not sure, you know. Without seeing what it's like down in there, it's hard to say. I mean, if it was at New Madrid like that, yeah, we'd do it. See, I, I was talking to a guy that fished some FLW tournaments, uh, bass fishing. You know, in some of them tournaments, them guys, you know, that that they, you know, their entry fee is like thirty five hundred dollars, but they've got lots of sponsors, you know, to help them with that. And uh, you know, they there's only like you know. 50 boats that you know they set a limit on a lot of those tournaments where they say okay there's only going to be 50 boats or 70 boats or something like that um, 
would, would you rather be in be in a uh, a 50 boat field with 50 of the best boats in the United States with, with a real high payout or be in a uh, a $200 entry fee tournament that's got 150 boats um, you know from people from all over what type of tournament would be more attracted to you I don't know numbers they, they tried that whole $500 entry fee thing one time. We were going to try to make it, but there again, with my work schedule, I think I was going to have to miss, like, I don't know, at least three days. That that would be just me traveling down there, fishing, then traveling back. I was going to have to miss three days. I work 12-hour shifts, and I only get 40, well, I get, I don't have that much vacation time, so it, it just depends. A lot of our tournaments are based on what day they fall on. As far as $500 or $200 entry fees, that's, I don't know. I guess uh, if we had to travel really, really far to pay the $500 entry fee, it would probably be less uh, attractive. Elect yeah, attractive to us, but I don't know as far as a preference, as far as numbers of votes, Chuck, I really don't. Yeah, the the one that was tried down here was on my on my home lake of Logan Martin here, and when they when they set it up, it was in the month of June, very hot. It was during the spawn, um, you know. And we've seen lots of catfish boats come in and and do some pre fishing and leave. Um, I guess they didn't want to go ahead and pay up front till they seen what type of fishing was going to happen. But um, you know, for the uh, Handful of guys that stayed here and fished, they 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 were very competitive with each other. You know, the Massingales were here in town, and um, you know some other guys. Jason Bridges won it, but um, you know, I think a tournament like that could you know could work if it just went not you know not have them all the time. Just have a a, a yearly uh, fifty boat max. Um, you know, the first fifty people to send their uh, $500 in and see who's the most hungry um, you know if you fish it or not that would still be fun to uh, see how competitive a tournament like that could be. You know but talking to a lot of other other tournament anglers whether they be serious tournament anglers or not serious tournament anglers you, you get into the fact that not everybody does have the time to get off to spend time on the body of water to learn it and then some people might feel that other competitors might have an edge because it's their home body of water and and uh, they feel like maybe they might not be able to compete or um, I, I don't I don't know I I don't know if it would work on everybody of water but it would be it'd be neat to see if it could happen but as far as where it's at, or uh, how many boats cap that five hundred dollar entry fee? We'd be up. I think we were gonna we were gonna try to make that one. Yeah, we were. But uh, I just couldn't do it. It fell on the wrong weekend for us. So. Yeah, but uh, I, I think uh, you know two hundred dollars, <laughs> one fifty, two hundred dollars. That's that's very fair. Um, you know, entry fees. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them stay like that, but you know, have one a year, a big, a big shootout somewhere, you know, and and if they did it, you know, go somewhere different every year. Don't go back to the same place. But uh, 
I think that would be pretty sharp to have a, uh, you know, a high payout tournament once a year, uh, maybe televised or something that, you know, go ahead and start getting the, uh, you know, the catfish image out there more, something that you could stick on TV and that, let it get in people's living rooms and, you know, see these high-caliber high guys out there, you know, going after each other for the big money. Um, I think that would really help get, get everything sparked up a little bit. Jason? Um, yeah. Adam sent me a, uh, or on chat, he said, ask you how many times that you threw back a fish in a tournament without having a limit yet. Right. <laughs> you, you knew it was coming. It's happened to me one time. Yes, it, it happened. But ask Adam how many times he uh, inflated an automatic PFD while trying to net a, a fish in a tournament. Oh, yeah. that's something I have not heard about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Might not ought to ask that. <laughs> Yeah, mom's uh, mom's automatic uh, life jacket was a little tight around his neck when it went off. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I got one more question before I pass it off to you, Lyle. Um, what do you think has uh, really helped you the most in competing and gave you the edge? Uh, is there a certain thing that um, that you're doing that you think's helping you out the most? A certain technique, a certain bait, uh, or something like that? You don't have to tell uh, exactly what it is. Just uh, what general area you think that helps you out the most when you're out competing? I, I would say you know besides having the fresh bait, uh, fresh bait, and not only the fresh bait the right type of bait for that time of year. Uh, we spend a lot of time getting bait. Uh, a lot of tournaments, even if I don't pre-fish for it, I might dedicate three days to a tournament, two of that, just catching bait. So um, I would give up a lot of pre-fishing just to make sure that I had uh, fresh bait and the right kind of bait that I'm looking for for that time of year. And then uh, <coughs> a real game changer for us would have been... Um, uh, probably the uh, pro drift rod from Black Horse, um, the rods that Lyle and I design. Mom, mom is able to use those rods, and she's she's getting farther and farther away from the boat. I mean, during that Grafton tournament, <laughs> bless her heart, <laughs> during the Grafton tournament. She's. Uh, we were only using two ounces or ounce and a half of lead, and she was so far behind the boat. She goes, "Look, I'm down to the backing." I go, "Mom, you can't do that. You can't. You can't do that. You. You gotta let me speed the boat up. Tell me before you get that far back." But um, the sensitivity of those rods. We've tried a lot of different rods, and and the the back bottom. Getting farther away from the boat has, I think, has been a really game changer for us. Mom's putting a lot more fish in the boat, and and uh, it's it's really helped out. Yeah, it's worked out well for us. Before I couldn't stop very far. Now that I have that rod, I'm back there with him. 
Did your hookup ratio jump up a whole lot when you started using those with the circles? Actually, I don't use you circle hooks when I'm hand riding. Oh, you're not? Oh, yeah, you're, hand, you're talking about hand riding? Okay. Yeah, when I'm hand riding, I don't use circles. I can't I can't have a rod in my hand and not set the hook. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. You, you can feel them so good, you're not, you're not going to get a gut hook, you know, if you got that. You got that feel. You know exactly when they're on there. Exactly. Uh, you'll snatch it out of their mouth before you uh, get it down in the gut. I've been working on it. I just, if I have a rod in my hand, it's going over my shoulder. If I feel fish on there for sure, I just, I can't stop. Especially in the 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 during the tournament and the heat of everything, you know, the excitement and everything, and the anticipation when that fish goes one direction, I want to go the opposite direction every time. I can reel down if it's in a rod holder. I cannot reel down when it's just in my hand. I just can't do it. So <laughs> So what what kind of hook do you use when you're uh, when you're hand? Uh, well that would depend on the uh, we, we we like to go out when we go into a tournament, what we do first off we try to get a limit of fish. When we get a limit of fish, then we try to get 100 pounds. Once we get 100 pounds, then we will start targeting and and trying to weed out the smaller fish. and And my hooks will change throughout throughout the tournament. Sometimes, you know, uh, um, there's and then there's other tournaments where I'll tell mom, I said, look, um, I think I know where they're at. We're fishing for five bites. And she knows if we're if I say that we're using uh, you know 14 inch baits and we'll have two hooks in them and um, I like the uh, I like those Gamagatsu uh, Big River hooks uh, yeah and then I usually use a uh, a 10 knot Gamagatsu um, for a stinger so. I really like those big river hooks a lot for hand riding. They have a really good hookup ratio and they're sharp and they're mean. All right, well, that's about all I've got. I'll pass you off to Lyle and let's see what he's got for you. Well, Jason in chat wants to know what kind of bait and which time of the year do you choose, Jason? Early in the, uh, during the winter months, around here especially, on uh, Mississippi River, we're when skipjack's not as easy to get for us, <coughs> we want fresh bait. Uh, we're going to have shad. Um, a lot of times in, in, in our system here, we have a, a major uh, shad kill-off in the wintertime, and it seems like that would be the, the, the bait of choice then. And then in, as the water temperature starts to warm up, if you can start getting skipjack, then uh, skipjack becomes a major priority, but like I said, it's not always easy for us to get skipjack. So um, I will usually use fresh anything before I put a frozen skipjack on my hook. Um, it doesn't matter if it's a moon eye or a shad or big head carp. Um, I I will try. I'll have frozen skipjack with me, but. Um, I'm gonna put something fresh on first before before the frozen for sure. Yeah. And then um, 
when uh, water temperature warms up a little bit more, um, you know, like when the water temperature is above 75, I usually don't even fish a tournament in these major river systems around here without having big head carp in my boat. Um, it seems like I have better luck when the water temperature is warmer. But um, uh, then if we can get skipjack, skipjack, um, that's like candy to, to catfish. And, and um, I'm, I'm going to be using skipjack yeah, whenever they start spawning down there in Kentucky and we can run down there and get a handful of them. And there's been times I've ran down there to Kentucky to get bait to fish a tournament up here that weekend, you know, I mean. Um, and then uh, during the spawn, I told you I like to use a lot of live bait, whether it's live bluegill or uh, live moon eye. Um, shatter a little harder to keep alive during the summer months, so during the summer, I like to use a lot of live bluegill and, and live moon eye. Right. And then uh, later back in the fall, go back to uh, skipjack again, and then wintertime back to shad. So, um, yeah, that's about what we do. Right. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's, that's pretty good advice. That's kind of the boilerplate stuff there, and that's, you know, other than the live bait, and, and uh, I don't, yeah, Jason, uh, Justin Wolf just asked, doesn't you use skipjack, but you did mention that in there, but uh, moon eye is easier to get in your area certain times of the year than it is others, too, isn't that correct? It is, but I, I usually don't even try to attempt to get moon eye until the water temperature gets closer to 55 to 60, so... Um, as long as I got shad in the boat with the water temperature below 55, I'm happy. Right. Above 55, I'm going to have moon eye and shad. And uh, um, and then when the water temperature gets above 70, 75, I'm going to have all, I'm gonna have all three. Head. I'm going to have big head, moon eye, and shad in the boat. And, and if I can get fresh skipjack. Yeah. Uh, that's number one bait, but it's really hard for us to get year-round. It is. It is. Or we're at it's hitting this up here at best, and, uh, you know, it's a long drive for any of us to run down there. I, I've been involved in some deals where several of us pile in a vehicle, and we run down there and, and uh, get, get some for everybody for a tournament or two or three or four weeks' worth and come back and, and, and keep them. But, uh it's tough. Uh, certain times of year, there's plenty of them around our area, and other times there's not any. So, um, skipjack's just a funny deal. I know last weekend uh, we was up in Keokuk, and a lot of the guys up there was getting moon eye, and they was getting them readily, you know. And other guys couldn't find him, you know. And shad was really hard to come by. So, uh, it, you know, everything is just a, a hit and miss kind of deal. So, uh, but. It seems to me like from from below Alton down is where the easier skipjack is to get. You know, even even further, even past the boot hill, uh, from there on down, it seems like skipjack's easier to get. And I don't know where them damn things go when they're not in them places where we all go to get them, Cumberland City and and uh, uh, Barkley Dam and places like that. When they're not there, I don't have any idea where they go, but they just kind of disappear. They yeah. do. I don't. 
you can't even find them on Fish Finder or anything. I don't. No, they're, they're just gone. gone. They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> I'd like to know where that where they're at because a man that could find them could probably do all right. Yes, I but, agree with that. You know, Vicky, you and Jason have both been to my house, and, and we spent some time doing some projects and things together, and we've had a, some really good time. But um, I have a story that I know that, that you will be telling us about, and, and we all have a mutual friend. You guys are a lot closer to Wayne than I am, and, and he's just an exceptional good guy and a great fisherman in his own right. But... Um, there's a story that, that I'd like for you to share with us about Dwayne and trying to set a circle hook and him getting in timeout and how that went along. If you would share that with us, I just think it'd be really cool. Well, he was in the boat with us, and we were struggling a little bit. So any bite we got was kind of important at the time. And <coughs> for some reason... Wayne got a bite, and he decided he was going to He was going to set that up. He was going to set it, and he was going to set it good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I had to put him in timeout until he learned how to fish with the circle hook. And, and timeout means that he goes to the front of the boat front and watches everybody else fish. Yeah. <laughs> front of the boat. Yeah. Oh, he was pouting, kicking cans on the way up there. <laughs> but he went, didn't he? He, he did. went. Yep, rod down. He went to the front of the boat. Well, I'd already caught him twice. I, I'm, I, I seen him out of the corner of my eye. I just seen his rod go over his shoulder really fast. And I said, "Did you just set the hook?" And he just put his head down. <laughs> and I'm like, "You know, you're using circle hooks, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, I know." Well, a few minutes later, all of a sudden, I see the hook go over his shoulder again. I go, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I tried. You said you tried to set the hook again." Yeah. <laughs> I said, Dwayne, just switch over to J-Style. Just, sw just switch over. Oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. I well, then Mom caught him yeah. the third time, and it was game over. Go to the front of the boat. I'm tired of looking at you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I say, Dwayne is I would have been a timeout in the last tournament, I guarantee you. When I, I threw that third fish back without having a limit in the boat, and... Uh, and I, but we only had like seven minutes left of the tournament, so I was good to go then. Timeout for sure. Yeah, that was not a pretty picture. No, that wasn't good. You know, there's there's probably not a handful in the whole United States of tournament fishers that are a mother son team. And and I in my mind, I know that you two are the most successful nationwide. Uh, of any that that we know about or don't know about, and and I think it is outstanding that you guys can fish together, you get along together, you go look at rods together, you go fishing for sh for for bait together. You guys are very close, and that's an outstanding thing. And uh, more deals like that was going on uh, worldwide. We wouldn't have near the issues going on as we have today. So I think it's pretty cool that you guys. Uh, not only come on the show and you go fishing together, you, you guys do a lot of stuff together. Oh yeah, it's not just fishing together. We 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 take trips and go sightseeing or whatever. Yeah, we the whole family is pretty close. That that's awesome. That's all, it really is. And 
and uh, you know, you you have have done very well uh, in your own part of, of fishing. I know that you won the Twisted Cat Outdoors Lady Angler of the Year once, Vicky, and and if Jason's schedule hadn't been to where it was, and you fished. Uh, a, a higher number of the tournaments, I, there's no doubt in my mind that you would have been a multiple year winner of that award. So, uh, you guys, you travel, you go to Monsters on Ohio, you go to New Madrid to them tournaments and, and wherever else, and, and and you're always in the running, and, and uh, you, you've got guys like Adam that you fish with, and Adam's a great guy himself, so I know that you guys are having a blast down there, and, and, and maybe uh, going down to to Owensboro and having a good time may be a, a lot of the, the fun part of it, but I know that Jason's very serious about catching his fish, and I know that he wants to do good, uh, not necessarily win every time, but he wants to do the best that he can, and most of the time he does. So, uh, But you have your opinions on what's going on. Does Jason always ask for your opinion when you guys are going to these places, Vicki? Oh, yeah. He'll ask what, what I think about, you know, what, where should we go? Try something different. Yeah, he'll ask me. But he's got a pretty good idea, doesn't he? Well, if his ideas don't work, then then you're going to mom. Yeah. You know, I had the pleasure of, of fishing with Jason. Cindy and I run down and fished with him last year, and, and we didn't do a really well on the fish, but we had a great time fishing with him, and and um, I believe it was the year before uh, Jason was tied up trading boats and his boat was broke or something, and you got in the boat and fished with Cindy and I, and, and that was one of the, the greatest tournaments that I fished all year. We didn't do any good in the tournament, but we really had a good time with you in the boat, and, and uh, it, it, it was a wonderful time. The weather wasn't all that good, and, and we could have done some stuff different, but, you know, I promised Jason I wouldn't let anything happen to you while you was in that boat with me. And Fisher, no, you was going to be safe when we got back. That was a death. And what did he tell you? Uh, he he, I, he, I don't remember now what he did say, but but he's, you know, he said just do what she tells you to, or you'll be in timeout, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember though, and, and we talked about this before the show. Uh, you know, I, I tried to, to set up in front of the boat and let you and Cindy do some stuff, and somehow I got in the back, and you got up there cutting bait. You didn't like the way I was cutting your bait and stuff, and that was it was kind of funny, but uh, it was a, a really good time. I enjoyed it very much, and we'll have to do it again. And uh, You know, one of these days when Jason gets a chance, maybe him and I and Cindy get to go again one of these days and uh, test out some stuff, do some video work or something, and uh, we'll get that that done, but uh, right now it's work, 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 and that's what you got to do, and that's the way it is. I can tell you one thing: he doesn't give me any. What do I want to say? If if he wants something, he wants it now. He's he doesn't. You know, if he's going to hit a wave going 60 miles an hour, he's going to hit a wave. You know, he doesn't. I don't take it easy on her. At all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he bounces me around. I, I abuse her. I, you know, uh, we went down, first time we traveled south on the Mississippi River, uh, we're not used to seeing that large of tugboats pushing that many fleets. And some of those, the, the, the weight coming off of those boats were, you know, seven plus foot tall. And, and I was just like, 
hold on, Mom. Here we go. You know, I don't take it easy on her at all. I mean, um, I abuse her. I really yeah. do. No mercy. No mercy. Well, you know, it, it, it's clear that Jason was raised correctly, and you've done an outstanding job. But you know, he. I know that he uh, gets rough with things in the boat and different things, but he's not going to let anything intentionally happen to you. I just, I just know that he won't. So, uh, you know, things happen uh, that's beyond all of our control. Uh, but still, he, he's not going to put you in a situation. I don't believe that he get you intentionally get you in trouble. Adam Winder sent another message to us in chat, Jason. He says, just don't let you touch anything because you will break it. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty rough on equipment, that's for sure. You go through a lot. <laughs> don't, you have a, don't you have a video that's got like 9,000 views, something about a, a big cat breaks rod, uh, something like that? Chuck, you have no clue how many rods I have broken over the years. Uh, <laughs> oh, this, I mean, this one's on video. Yeah, yeah. That particular video, I, I was um, I was fishing with um, Ryan Casey in uh, St. Louis, and uh, I was actually fishing with a prototype. Um, he, I was given a prototype to test out, and I knew it was a little flimsier than the current than what we were fishing, the conditions, and, uh, but you know what, I mean, when you're given a prototype, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to abuse it. I'm going to abuse it and, uh, and see what it can do, and if it doesn't withstand, you know, it doesn't withstand, so, uh, that was a really fun day of fishing with Ryan Casey, though, that was, uh, I think that was back in 2012, and that was... Well, one day it was either November, December, and um, we caught a lot of fish that day. A lot. I think we boated close to 50 fish that day, and some really good ones too. Um, and uh, we ha we had a good day. But yeah, I did. Uh, I think I think uh, Ryan got a new iPhone with a HD camcorder on it or something. He was wanting to try it out, and next thing I know, there's some video online of. Uh, <laughs> Fish being caught and rods breaking, and yeah, uh, that was a fun day though, Chuck. Yeah, I could tell by watching the video, y'all were having a blast, man. It was, uh, yeah, I'd like to get out there and fish with y'all sometime. That, that Mississippi River, I'm dying to get out on it. You'll have to come this way. So, uh, how many rods have you broke? You you keep them stacked up in the garage, or you, sling, <laughs> you sling them out in the woods, or uh, where's your collection at? Oh, uh, I got them strung up all over the place. A lot of them got thrown away. Um, I think my buddy Dwayne's got probably maybe six of them over at his house. There's, well, let's put that. <laughs> my wife decided to have a yard sale, and she said, do you really need this many rods? I said, yes, I do. And she goes, no, you don't need this many rods. You need to get rid of some of them. I think I counted them that day. There was close to 60 rods out there, and she made me get rid of like 20 of them. And uh, I think I bought 
probably 30 or 40 since then. So <laughs> <laughs> I got rods spread out all over the place. So how many, how many sprayers you got to bring with you on your uh, on the boat when you're out on the tournament? Uh, two or three in case you break them. No, well, not not anymore. I mean, uh, we're using the the black. We're almost using exclusively the Black, black Horse, Horse Custom Rod, and and um, I'm, we're not having an issue with them at all. Yeah, there's some very quality blanks and uh, all this. All everything put into those rods are you know top quality um, items. You know the eyes, the blanks, uh, the real seats, everything. I, I, I'm just scared to scratch it up. I'm not worried about breaking it. I'm just you know scared to scratch it. <laughs> Jason's not afraid to scratch anything. No, he's not afraid of anything. <laughs> I actually watched him one day in my backyard try to break one. Yeah. I did try to break one. Jace, uh, Justin Wolf thinks that Vicky needs an air ride seat with the seat belt on it when you guys are in the water, Jason. That sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Adam Winder also would like to know when you're going to buy a set of scales for the boat. Got him. Got yeah. him. Keep I got in her tackle box. I <laughs> I've never, ever cared how much a fish is weighed unless I was in a tournament. I, I just... It doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't no. matter. I don't care if I'm catching five-pounders or 60-pounders. It doesn't matter. They're all fun to catch, and right. I care less how much they, they weigh. Right. Yeah, really we're don't. just out fun fishing. We don't weigh anything. Right, yeah. Unless you want... You know, the most fun that you get... If you're out fun fishing or pre-fishing for a tournament or just out for a day entertainment, the most... Uh, other than your fishing equipment, in my perspective, the biggest uh, thing that you can have in the boat is a camera of some sort to take pictures of what you have caught. Right. Uh, that, that, to me, is more important than having scales in the boat, although I do have some. But, you know, uh, that, that picture will last from now on. And uh, you saying that you caught an 80-pound fish or a 30-pound fish or whatever the case may be, uh, that's just you and me or whoever talking. But if you got that picture of that fish, it doesn't matter what it weighs. And, and, and what a lot of guys don't understand, and I've told this story to a lot of people, Jason is a really, really big guy. He's 6'5 and, and uh, 300 pounds, Jason. Yeah, sure. Uh -huh. yeah, 300. Real good. 300 sounds <laughs> <real> good. <laughs> you know, when you hold a, a 60 or 80-pound fish, guys look at that and say, wow, that fish doesn't look that big. Well, they don't understand that you are just a big guy, and when you're holding a, a an 80-pound fish, if I was holding that fish, it'd look like it weighed 100 pounds, you know. It, there's that much difference. I, I, I'm not very photogenic when it comes to holding fish at all, and I, reason, I really kind of quit taking pictures of fish because of that reason. No one... When early in, in when I started fishing for catfish, no one believed that they weighed as much as they did, and I was like, okay, and I know what it weighed, but you know, there's no way it doesn't look, you know. I, I actually took a picture of my wife's personal best, a picture of her holding it, and then a picture of me holding the same fish, and because uh, everyone was on on a, a certain website saying that they can guess how much fish weigh, and uh, man, it was funny they they were all oh that's got to be a 60 pound fish when she was holding it and they're like oh it's a 25 when I was holding it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when that happened. I have another question from from uh, Justin. He says, 
do you plan to upgrade your sonar and side scan? And if you do, what do you prefer? I'm a Lorance guy, and yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to. I don't have a choice. Um, right now, I got a uh, HDS7 on the back. The uh, it doesn't. It's compatible with the HD1 um, Lorance 10. I got 10-inch screen on on the front, but it doesn't share all the waypoints. So uh, I think, and it's my 10-inch is starting to give me a little bit of problems. Um, but it's it's old and I've used it and um, I'm I'm probably going to upgrade to the Gen 2 uh, 10 inch. Um, they got a beautiful picture. They do everything that I needed to do. Um, the Gen 1 does more than what I needed to do. So um, you know, as long as I can find contours or uh, Find a waypoint, or I don't know. I, they're, you know, they're they're like computers anymore. You know that, and I'm not very computer savvy. I, I get my, I get my stuff set up one way, and that's the way it is. I don't start playing with stuff, and and I I don't utilize my fish finders as much as I should. Well, uh, I honestly believe that. The average guy, there, whatever it is that they have, if it's you know compatible to what you're talking about, most of them, I know mine will. It'll do more stuff than I ever will use on it. Uh, and, and then again, I'm one an ox. But the the thing is, um, they have. You're right. They they are like many computers, and they all have so much stuff. And I can't remember from one trip out what I've done the last time to get it to do what I wanted to. But uh, you know they they are there. There's so much stuff on all of them, and, and it is kind of a personal preference on brands and things of of what you want. And uh, uh, Jason Kittner says it's tough being full grown, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you this much: I I got a little five ten C, and I've had it. Oh, I, I bought it brand new when it first came out. I think I paid nine hundred bucks for it. And, it was one of the first color units that Lorraine's come out. I still have that on my boat. Um, and if I ever lost that, uh, you'd be lost. I'd be lost. I really, <laughs> I really would. That's that's the, about the. I'm, I'm I'm so familiar with that, and that's really the only fish finder I look at, and I I can almost. I can almost tell what I'm looking at down there. Almost, I don't know. Or at least I feel like I can sometimes. Um, and it has a little different options than what the newer units do, color schemes. And uh, uh, I keep mine on the uh, bottom tracking mode. And um, you can get the newer units to kind of come close to that, but it's I would be lost without my 510C and. Um, I ever lost that, I would definitely be looking really hard on the internet for a new one of them. But uh, as far as side scan, the Gen 1 does everything that I need to do. And um, it's, oh, my, my, we bought that brand new when it first came out too. And uh, it's it's starting to, act up a little bit. starting to act up a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not a Hummingbird fan. Um, it, it just doesn't have some of the options that I would like, uh, like the color scheme. And there's things I love about Hummingbird, 
Their uh, GPS is phenomenal. Their mapping is phenomenal. Uh, but uh, Lawrence, as far as the 2D and the side scan, it does everything that I need it to do. So Adam uh, says that he bets you break five transducers a year. I'd say more than that. <laughs> say more than that. <laughs> about the transducers or the mounts? Both? Oh. Oh. Make <laughs> I'd say more than that. I mean, if I only go through five a year, that's a good year, I guess. You didn't fish very much. Ah, I didn't fish that much. <laughs> yeah. Justin says that he believes that the Gen 3s are way better than your old Gen 1. Thinks you need to step up to the good stuff. I'm, I'll look into it. I'll definitely look around before I decide to. Uh, it's definitely going to be a Lawrence unit, though, of yeah. some sort. Yeah, I knew it would. And, and when I was in the boat with you, I should have paid more attention. Maybe yours, you know, and you and I talked about this before. I just not seen one that. Uh, that's the issue with me and Lawrence is I've never seen one that had a clear picture. And then if yours does, I, we was bullshitting and carrying on, and I didn't pay no attention to the to your uh, fish finder when we was in the boat together. We was having a good time and just talking and carrying on, and I should have paid more attention to it because I've yet to see one that I thought had as clear image as, as a bird. But uh, that doesn't mean there's not some out there. There, there may be some. Some, and a lot of that's probably adjustments. Some units work a little better than others. I mean, uh, I was in the boat with Ryan Casey one time, and he had the new Lowrance touchscreen 12-inch, and it was on his older Seark boat, and um, the white one. I was in a boat with him, and I have images in my mind that I will never, ever, ever forget. We went across school to catfish, and you could see the round dorsal fin on the on the back of the fish. Yeah. Um, I've never seen that with anyone else's unit. I've never seen that with mine. I've been in the boat with with the uh, the the newest and greatest hummingbirds. Um, now, whether or not we're not getting them set up to be able to do that, I'm not sure. But I. That's the clearest image I've ever seen out of any. I've, I've, I've been in the, in the boat with the new Helix, I believe it's called, with the Hummingbird, the mm -hmm. Onyx. And um, I, I've seen them all, but I've never, ever seen imagery like I have in the boat with Ryan Casey. Well, and, Ryan's kind of an animal with that stuff. I mean, he's very precise and takes the time to get it to do what it needs to do. And, and he's just pretty sharp on that stuff. Uh, but, you know, I was in a boat with Ryan a few years ago, and I think it was before that he had Lowrance because I'm sure he had a hummingbird. Now, this was several years ago when John and I took, took that trip, and I went down there off of him. Uh, that, that was quite a while ago. So, um, But I was sure he had a bird in there then. I know he's run Lowrance for several years now, though. Yeah, he started off with uh, the side scan with, uh, with hummingbird. Right, yeah, I, I was sure it was because I know that day we, uh, John had bought a trip and he invited me to go with him and he wanted to. It was cold. It was in uh, February or something, March maybe, and and uh, he wanted. Uh, he didn't care if we caught any fish or not. He he said, "I just want you to show me how to learn how to back mount." And and uh, my deal was to just to get to go, and I was going to sit back there and talk to to uh, Ryan and and. Uh, 
uh, we caught a ton of fish that day. It was cold. We didn't catch anything giant, you know, some low 20s and stuff. But uh, I went back and talked uh, electronics and fishing and stuff with, with him and let John catch, you know, fish. I'd caught all the fish I wanted to catch in about two hours. And, and uh, we had a great trip with him. And, and uh, everything that Ryan has got is probably as good as money will buy. And he's a really good guide. He does excellent with his clients and stuff, so uh, you know, you can't go wrong if if if, uh, if Ryan does as well as he does, he does it because all his adjustments and everything is set to do what he needs it to do. So I'm sure that that he's got it dialed into a ticks butt. Uh, you know what, Chuck? You'd ask me what was the biggest game changer. Yeah. Besides, I, nobody has helped me out more than Ryan Casey. Ryan Casey has. And it's not so much as far as like how to find the fish or how to present the bait to the fish to get them to bite. It's he was the one that actually taught me how to back bottom bounce uh, to walk baits. He uh, and and little things, little things that I should have thought of but I didn't think of. Like uh, whenever you're in that strong current, you hook into a big fish, just kill the trolling motor and just. Just little things like that. He's like, well, why didn't you do this? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't think about it at the time. He's like, well, that's a no-brainer, Jason. Well, yeah, for you, you wasn't there, you know. And <laughs> I'm like, you know, and, and the, but then stuff like that, it sticks with you. And then when that situation arises again, you know, um, you, you, you do it and it works out. And with him having a, as many clients in the boat, you know, and and fishing as much as he does, he, he knows those little those little things to just gives you a little bit of an edge to get that fish in the boat. So um, yeah, Ryan Casey's helped me more than anyone else has. Ryan's a pretty good old boy. I, I a story about Ryan, and I know that guy's kind of getting off our path, but Jason Jackson had called me up one day, and we went down and took a a little uh, cruise with him and done a little fishing and Ryan was out and he had a young man and his dad in a boat and it happened to be the the young man's 18th birthday or something like that you know and uh, we'd fish an area and they'd go by us and they'd fish an area and we'd go by them pretty soon we was up the Missouri River and, and Ryan pulled in behind a dike and we was behind the dike and they was down a little ways from us and before they left Ryan come over and says man did you see that gal up there on the side of the bank coming up the river and uh, Jason said, no. He says, well, we pulled up there to fish. And this woman snuck out from behind a tree and pulled her top off. And <laughs> I guess this kid just about had a heart attack. He couldn't believe that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ryan, he's out a lot. He catches a lot of fish, and he's a really good guy. I am trying to, to get Jason to come on the show. Uh, I've asked him a couple of times about being on and, uh, for one reason or another, he didn't want to be a couple different times, but he's agreed to now. So uh, uh, maybe here in the next month or two, we can get uh, Jason Jackson on here. I know he's in the process of getting him a new boat, uh, and uh, once he gets that all done and set up, maybe we can get him on here to talk about that. He's, a, you know, Jason's another good guy that we need to to stay in touch with. <clears throat> well, Chuck, you got anything else for him? We're running on about an hour ten now. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Do you have any uh, anything that you'd like to uh, to talk about uh, as far as upcoming events or closing statements or anything? Well, uh, this coming Saturday night, uh, Alabama Catfish Trail is having a uh, 
a night tournament on Logan Martin Lake from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, sign up starts at 4 o'clock, and uh, they're, they're launching out of Lakeside Landing. Um, it's over in uh, Cropwell on the other side of Pell City. It's going to be a, a really good event. Um, and next month, uh, Daniel has planned a night tournament on Wheeler. Um, so that's going to be a, a very nice event. Um, if I had to choose between the two, I think I would just wait and go to the Wheeler one, but hopefully I think I can make both. But um, a Wheeler night tournament is really going to be fun. Oh, yeah, that'd be a blast. You working, Jason? What day is that on? The the Wheeler night tournament? Um, hold on, I have to look it up real quick. It won't matter. He'll be at work. I'll be at yeah. work. Yeah, he'll be at work. <laughs> yeah, y'all will y'all will be down here in uh, the first of January. Y'all gonna spend uh, New Year's down here? Yeah, I believe Thank so. You. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it it being on the second, I mean, uh, you know, people will be pre-fishing New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and then the tournament will be on Saturday. So. They should be a lot of people down here on New Year's Eve, I do believe. Yeah, we plan on making it down there. We've already paid for the the tournament, but like I said, we got another guy retiring December 31st, and and there's only a couple of us work down there at that facility where I'm at, and, and I really can't leave those other guys hanging. I, I just can't. If, uh, if I have to work, i got to work. So. Oh, yeah, I know how that is. Work comes first. Um uh, that night tournament on Wheeler is 8-15, August the 15th. Uh, it's going out of Ingalls Harbor. Um, Ingalls Harbor is one of the uh, one of the biggest, nicest harbors that I've seen, um, and it's located downtown Decatur. I already know I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Well, Jason, Vicky, thank you guys so much for being on the show. We tried and tried to get this done, and Jason's always working on Monday nights, or or he's getting sleeping to, to go to work, or just got off and has to go. To, you know, some reason has kept you guys from being on here, and and I can't thank you enough. And uh, we're going to give you guys a few minutes to thank sponsors or or uh, anything that you want to do like that, and then I'll uh, close out the show. Well, thank you for inviting us on the show, uh, Lyle. We'd like to thank you for for believing in us and letting us uh, represent your your rods. Uh, Adam with Tombstone Tackle out of Columbia, Missouri, and um, John Becker with One Eleven Prop Shop. Um, all the little bit of help and help that we get from you guys, it it, it really does help us out, um, and it, it helps make things a little bit easier on us. So. We can go out and do the things that we enjoy, and, and we thank you guys for that. And um, I don't really have anything else. Yep. <laughs> you well, got it again, all, Kyle. You got it all. Well, thank you guys again for for being on the show. And, and uh, Jason, maybe uh, sometime in the future, you guys can come back on the show and be with us. Uh, you know, I know you're planning on being down to uh, Monsters on the Ohio, and we're trying to set up a deal to do a live show down there this year, and we'd love to have you and Vicki on with us where we could just sit down and go at it, you know, 
uh, face to face, and, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get Janet and Bank and a bunch of the other guys on there. We'll have a really good time doing that. And if we don't make it happen live, uh, then we'll record it and edit it and, and go from there. But we're gonna we're gonna be at the um, um, gosh darn it tackle Bass shop Bass there. Bass what? Bass and Moore. Yep, Bass and Moore. I've already visited with them, and they're they're uh, anxious for us to be down there. We're going to try to set it up and do a live feed out of there this year. So it'll be great fun if you guys can stop by there and get on there. We'll sit down and jaw a little bit about catfishing or something. We might even tell some stories you never can tell. Oh, uh, we got some stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just the beginning tonight, wasn't it? We don't have enough time in an hour. There's no way. <laughs> well, um, Thanks again for being on the show. I'm going to say that the water is rising on the Mississippi River. I know that it's coming up. Um, the Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament for this weekend is a makeup tournament that was flooded out earlier this year. Uh, Alex will be making a decision, I believe, Wednesday, whether the tournament it will be go ahead or not. I know there's a lot of trash. It's high. It's coming up. Um, so uh, watch the watch the Twisted Cat Outdoor page on Facebook, and we'll see what we can do uh, about having that tournament. And safety has to be the number one issue. So uh, if it's uh, going to be to where it's unsafe to be out there, I'm sure that Alex will make the correct decision. Um, again, thanks, Jason and Vicky, for being on the show. Uh, I'm working on some uh, people. We need to get uh, in touch with a couple others to get uh, some new guests on the show. So until next week, everybody, thanks for watching.